Hello and thank you for listening to episode 73 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave and this is another of our soundcheck shows. Now then, I'm sure by now you've seen what album that I've picked. And you might be thinking, what the hell? <laughs> that might even be, That's probably a polite version of what you're thinking. Why? Why has he picked this? We were expecting rock albums. Like I said, when I did the Shadow King show, the majority would be rock albums. But believe it or not, this is an album that was seminal in my my love of rock music. Uh, and like Tina did in her show about Bridge Over Troubled Water, I'm going to take you back to the 1970s. So it's 1978. I'm 13 years old. Uh, it's a year before the magical year, as I still think of it, of 1979, when I discovered rock music. Uh, when I first listened to Kiss, I first listened to Judas Priest, I first listened to Scorpions. It's like, whoa. So at this point in my life, I'd still got a, a real deep um, affection and was and was following intently what was in the UK charts. Um, ABBA were the first band that I got heavily into. I still loved ABBA then and now. Um, but my band at 1978 was ELO. Um, and there was one song, there's one ELO song in particular that was, again, was, was one of the starting points of my love of rock music. And I'll probably get into that album uh, in a future soundcheck show. But this one, my first memory of Boney M was seeing them on the television. Um, and they were huge. I mean, they were huge worldwide. But <laughs> I remember seeing the. The Rivers of Babylon was massive over here. And I, I distinctly remember sitting there and watching the video for it. And it was Bobby Farrell, who's he's the one guy, if you don't know, it's um, three, three females, one, one male. And it was the way, I'm going to use the word dancing, but he wasn't dancing. He was just freeform doing whatever the shit he wanted to do. <laughs> I remember at 13 years old going... He's amazing. <laughs> it's like, and the outfits that they used to wear as well. Um, there's one particular one um, where he's wearing this cape. And he just he looks like a superhero. You know, we're talking like Christopher Reeve, Superman time. Uh, and to me, as daft as it sounds, it's like, oh, my God, he's like my Superman. Because <laughs> he, was, he was just doing whatever he wanted to. And then the music with it, I totally fell in love with. Um, with the vocals. The majority of the band are from the Caribbean. And it's just that style. They bring their Caribbean accent into the music. Uh, and I just loved it. I mean, there's a lot of Caribbean influences as well with within the songs that I'll get into. You know, there's kettle drums in it as well. Um, as long as a, a shitload of other stuff too. So it was that. And I thought, oh, I, need to, I need to buy this album. And again, this was at a time when I would save my pocket money. I'd go down to Woolworths, um, always the place at that time we'd go for anything, really, not just music. It'd be, you know, video games, sweets, board games, anything. Woolworths was the place to go. It's a damn shame that place has gone now. So I went down there and I, I bought this album, Night Flight to Venus, with the added, added advantage of it's a gatefold sleeve. Now, it's, it's only a single disc. It didn't need to be a gatefold sleeve, you know? So why did they put it in a gatefold sleeve? Answer is because it's fucking cool. Back then, 
just that of just buying it, of just seeing it, of just opening it up. You'd listen to it. I had back then, uh, it was sort of my ritual whenever I listened to a new album. I bought it and brought it home. I would make sure it was, you know, a little bit of quiet time. I'd plug in the headphones into the record player, the big, big, huge headphones. Sit there. First listen was always eyes closed, play both sides. Just let the music flow over me. Right, side two finishes, turn it back over, put it into side one. I'm going to sit there now. Nine times out of ten, it would come with a lyric sheet, either separately or printed onto the inner sleeve or somewhere. So while I was listening to it a second time, I'd go through the lyrics. Third time listening to it, I'd flip back over, back to side one, and I would just scan the cover. I'd look at the back cover, and if it was a gatefold sleeve, it was like heaven, or oh, I could open up this huge picture or just like montage of pictures everywhere and just really take everything in into detail. And what have you got now, you know? <laughs> Says the old guy, moaning. When you've got an MP3 on your little MP3 player and a tiny little cover picture with nothing extra in it, it's just, oh, I really miss opening a gatefold sleeve, flipping through vinyl in a shop. Which is why I still go to charity shops and, you know, all that kind of stuff to discover these and still buy stuff just on the basis of, oh, that's a great cover. So, onto the album. Track one, Night Flight to Venus. Holy shit, this, this is awesome. And I still remember sitting there with my eyes shut, first listen, with the headphones on. And it sort of sets up the album, really. There's not a... Lyrically, there's not a lot to it. There's a lot of repetition with the lyrics, which nowadays, you know, I've, I've ripped into. But back when you're 13, it just makes it easier to learn the songs <laughs> because there's not a lot to learn. And that's, that's stuck, with him, stuck with me with this one album. And it begins, and it's got a vocoder where you're welcomed to the world's first night flight to Venus. You're sat on the Starship Boney M. Now, I'm already familiar with the vocoder from ELO, like I mentioned, and especially Mr. Blue Sky, which I'm sure the majority of people listening to this will know that song as well. So this starts, and it's, oh my God, I'm on... I'm on a night flight to Venus. I'm on the world's first night flight to Venus. This is amazing. So already at 13, I'm a huge cinephile. One of my favourite genres, and still is now, is 1950s sci-fi. So for an album to begin, putting me on the world's first night flight to Venus, I couldn't be happier. It's like, oh my God, this is just like incredible. <laughs> And so it begins. You hear rockets firing. The drums kick in. And the drums through this album is something that just has stuck with me for years. And here's this episode's Kiss reference <laughs> for anybody that's familiar with Kiss. Uh, Kiss fans going about Creatures of the, creatures of the Night and, and being the drum album. I love the drums on this. This Creatures of the Night obviously is, is top. But this, for me, has got such memories and such fondness of, oh my God, I love the drums on this album, and the drum beat starts. 
the rockets get louder and louder. We've taken off. We're leaving Earth. We're, we're going towards Venus. Then the clapping starts. You've got the clapping that's joining the drum beat. And you're thinking, yeah, this is what it would be like if I was on that night flight. Everybody would start clapping. Now, remember, we're in the 70s, and I remember clear as day going to holidays in Spain and Portugal. And this was still when, when you'd land, the whole of the plane would give a round of applause when you landed. <laughs> it was almost like a, thank fuck we've survived that. <laughs> it doesn't happen anymore, which is a bit of a shame. And so it progresses. The lyrics come in, and like I said, lyrically, there's, there's not a lot. There's only really one song that's tells a big story a lot of it that again there's a lot of repetition then and this is key to what got me into rock music just a year later the distorted guitar comes in and i remember now and still every time i hear it i sort of get goosebumps just at the sound of that distorted guitar whoa i really like the sound of this <laughs> Then you get all the chanting starting. The synth kicks in. There's some great synth work in this. There's a lot of different albums, that uh, albums, a lot of different instruments that's used in this album. And so, and so it progresses, and then it it, it tells you part way through um, again that you're approaching Venus. Uh, it tells you at the start that the flight time's only eight hours, and I was just lost in it, absolutely lost in this song. And ev again, every time that I listen to it, I'm just 13 again. <laughs> I'm listening to it for the first time. And I'm on a spaceship and I'm going to Venus. And it, it's it's not the most well-known Boney M song, because a lot of the most well-known songs are actually on this album, and we'll get into them. So, of course, this has to be the first song that I pick. So please join me shut your eyes if you can if you're driving listening to this don't shut your eyes <laughs> pull over into a, a safe place and then shut your eyes but come on join me on a night flight to venus ladies and gentlemen welcome aboard the starship Bonium for our first passenger flight to venus ready for countdown 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 
So we've now landed. We're on Venus. Song two, Rasputin, Sieg's perfectly. It's one of those transitions between songs. Um, sorry, folks, this is going to be Kiss reference number two, but it's like on Destroyer, where Detroit Rock City just goes straight through into King of the Nighttime World with their one guitar note. This one uses the drum beat, and the drum beat carries on, but then this mandolin kicks in. Whoa. Already, like I said, I was a huge cinephile. I was watching uh, Hammer Horror Films on BBC Two. Uh, big Christopher Lee fan. Of course, one of the Christopher Lee Hammer Films that he made was Rasputin, which, again, I love to this day. So here's a song all about the story of Rasputin. So I'm already familiar with the story of him. I've seen the, the, the movie with Christopher Lee in. And it's like a double whammy from the start. Oh my God, we got like, you know, 1950s sci-fi. Now we're going to uh, Hammer Horror. And there's a song about Rasputin. <laughs> Every time still. And Tina will confirm that I listen to this. It's like, I can't keep still. I really want to. If, if I could get up and do some Cossack dancing, squat down and start kicking my legs out, I would do it. Um... But I'm afraid at my age now I would never get up. <laughs> Something would happen. I'd end up in hospital, so I'd better not do it. Uh, <laughs> and it is, again, it's 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 not quite as repetitive with the vocals. It's one of those that does tell a story, um, despite what a bad man Rasputin was. Um, and it's, I sort of, it was really difficult again, and I think this is going to be a thing with all of us, because we're picking albums that we, you know, we really love. What are the two songs that you pick? And I sort of flip-flopped between loads while I was listening to this album again. And this this will be the song that plays out the end of the show. Okay, that's that's the song that it's going to be. Um, and as well, I do remember... Um, it's like... Because of my love of like, of like Bobby Farrell and him just like going... Doing whatever the hell he wanted to. It's like in later years when I found out that he didn't record the vocals on these albums. It was um, a guy called F Frank Farian, uh, a German record producer, who did the vocals on it. Uh, now, of course, the full band did the vocals live, but, as, but when it came to the albums, they didn't. Um, and also, it's become it's become it was knowledge as well that I only recently found out that another member of the band, one of the females, uh, Maisie Williams, didn't sing on the studio recordings either. So that's fifty percent of the band that didn't sing on the studio recordings, but did live, and then the live shows had to be complemented with backing vocals and so on. 
And it's quite telling, really, when also you find out that Frank Farian, who was, you know, who was the genesis of the band, was also behind Millie Vanilli, who uh, yeah, had quite a history of when that came out in the 80s, that they didn't sing their songs. But there wasn't, there wasn't a bad backlash against Boney M when this came out, as there was against Millie Vanilli. So, yeah, Rasputin, that's what you've got, you've got that look to look forward to at the end of the show. Then it moves on to track three, Painter Man. Again, the drums, the guitar, the synth intro. The vocal harmonies, it's an ongoing thing throughout this album, is the vocal harmonies that I really love. There's a guitar solo in this that my notes, when I was listening to this song, just said, guitar solo. Fuck yeah. <laughs> no. You'd think I'd save a comment for that for some sort of, you know, 1980s cock rock or something. But there's a great guitar solo in this. It's really good. And again, it's, you know, it's no wonder that my main love of music is rock music. And I can thank this album for it. Track four is He Was a Steppenwolf. And again, for years, I didn't know what a Steppenwolf was. Do you know what a Steppenwolf is without looking it up? I didn't know. Now, it was a book. It's part of the title of a book as well, but it's also German for coyote. Uh, it starts with such a funky bass line, really funky bass line. The drum and drum beat starts coming in. Uh, it's got string accompaniment as well. Strings, a string section kicks in with it. And it's so funky um, that in later years, once, once I'd watched um, Saturday Night Fever, and then I listened to He Was a Steppenwolf. It's like, oh, yeah, that, that's me. I'm t fuck Tony Monero in Saturday Night Fever. That was me on Venus when I was 13, listening to He Was a Steppenwolf, strutting down the streets of Venus with this playing. <laughs> Track five, King of the Road. Uh, and again, I'm going to use the word funky. It's like a funky version of Roger Miller's 1964, although it was released at the beginning of 65, uh, song, King of the Road. It's UK number one in 1965 as well. Uh, it's been covered by many, many people. Probably the one that most people in the UK would be familiar with would be uh, the one by the Pro Proclaimers. Track six, Rivers of Babylon their biggest hits it was it was like huge now boney m believe it or not are the only artists to appear twice in the top 10 best-selling singles of all time in the uk rivers of Bab <coughs> excuse me rivers of babylon is uh, number seven and mary's boy child um slash oh my lord is at number 10 and again believe it or not they are also one of only six artists to sell a million copies with two singles in the same year. So remember when they said at the start, they were big? They were big. <laughs> now again, this is, I really love this song. There is, a, this is an album, um, like Tina said in her previous show, you know, the, the saying of all killer, no filler. This album's like that for me. There, there's not one bad song on it. Again, you can drop the needle anywhere on either side, and I'm going to love every single song. This is one that most people will know. Maybe a little bit, it might suffer from a little bit of burnout that you've met, you've heard it too many times. 
But it's still bloody good. You know what I mean? It's still bloody good. Track seven, Voodoo Night. Now, remember when I said that I was a cinephile and one of my favourite genres was 1950s sci-fi? One of my other favourite genres was 1930s horror. So Voodoo Night comes on. It's like, I liken it to pre-thriller. Now, we all know what a huge hit thriller was for Michael Jackson. This song goes on about voodoo. It goes on about zombies. It goes on about potions to cure you. It's all wrapped up once again in that lovely funk blanket. It's got a pounding drum beat. Again, another constant throughout this is the amazing drums that are in it. It's got in the background this ominous wind sound that just sort of sends a little bit of a chill to you. Just raises the odd goosebump as you're listening to it. Oh, there's a bit of voodoo going on. Oh, there's zombies. Then you can hear the wind and you say, Ooh, am I listening to this in the dark? Am I going to look behind me? <laughs> it's, it's so, so good. Track eight. Brown Girl in the Ring. Now then, here's a confession. This is something that I have never, ever said to anybody. And I can picture Tina listening to this, <laughs> wherever she's going to listen to it for the first time, and suddenly pausing whatever she's doing and going, what? Because <laughs> I haven't told her this either. Brown Girl in the Ring was the catalyst of, like, probably a 10 year plus project for me where I wrote and unfortunately I still I don't have the little book that I wrote everything in but I remember bit you know quite a few bits of it I wrote a parody album <laughs> and a parody of brown girl in the ring was the first song that I wrote because when I got this I was 13 years old when I wrote my parody version of it now again, it's it's a little bit repetitive. It's one of those where the Caribbean influences are really strong. The kettle drums kick in big time into it. But it goes on, and I'm not going to sing. You're going to thank me for that, trust me. Tina sings on hers, as you've probably already heard if you listen to her episode. Um, but it goes on, it goes on about brown girl in the ring, tra-la-la-la, and it repeats it three times. Um, Look up, look up the lyrics, actually. It's probably the best way, rather than me singing it. But my version went... I've a brown mark around my ring. Tra-la-la-la-la. Repeat, repeat, repeat. I've a brown mark around my ring. Tra-la-la-la-la-la. It looks like I haven't wiped my bum. <laughs> I've got no idea why I've just said that. Well, that, that was um, song one, side one of my parody album. Um, I'm not sure if any on any future soundcheck shows I may reference that parody album <laughs> because there were some obscure songs that I wrote um, to do with it. Maybe if you do want to know a little bit more about it, um, send us a tweet at 60 Minutes with, with the hashtag... Ooh, what should it be? Uh, hashtag Dave's Parody Album. And maybe in future soundcheck shows, I might give you snippets of what was never recorded. 
track nine, Never Change Lovers in the Middle of the Night. Now, this is lyrically the most um, the most sort of fulfilling, the one way it really does tell a story. Um, there's a great... Yeah, I've mentioned about the, the guitar solo in an earlier song. There's a great bass solo in this, believe it or not. Um, and it finishes with a really good bass and piano breakdown as well. Which is just, and again, it's just like so. When you, you know, you've got this bass and piano ba breakdown. You've got a, a bass solo. I've talked about the kelt drums. I've talked about um, the, the string section coming in on stuff, the drums, the distorted guitar. There's so much to listen to in this album. It's it's so good. And it finishes with track ten, Heart of Gold. Uh, and again, another track that I really love. Another track where I'm going to use the term vocal harmonies is so good. And yes, it is. It's it's if you go on Google and you look up, you know, you type in Boney M Heart of Gold lyrics, it is quite repetitive. But it's so good. And mix in that little bit of harmonica that's in there as well. So they get, there's something else as well. After everything else that I've just said with the kettle drums and blah, blah, blah. Now you've got harmonica. It just keeps adding like it does even though there's the repetition with the lyrics, it's the layering of stuff in this album that just keeps me coming back to it time after time. And you can still hear different things in it whenever you listen to it, because there's so many different layers to it. It's, I, I love it. I love it so much. So there we are, Boney M, Night Flight to Venus. Probably not one that you'd think that I would have talked about. I will say that the next album that I've got lined up is a rock album. And it's got a lot of similarities to the Shadow King album. Nothing to do with the people that are in it and so on. There's just a lot of sort of that six degrees of separation thing going on with it. So that'll be the next one um, that I'm going to talk about. I've given that away early, aren't I nice? <laughs> So, all that remains, I guess, of course, is visit the website, 60minuteswith.co.uk. There is a contact us form on there, should you wish to email us, or you can email us direct, contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk. Follow us on Twitter. If you heard the recent entertainment show, you'll know that the Twitter account is going to be the sole place where we do all of our competitions. Uh, I am currently working out a way that we can give a lot more free stuff. So make sure to follow us, and you could be uh, you could be having some free shit too, which is always good. Instagram um, at sixty minutes with as well. Please follow all of those that you do. iTunes and/or Stitcher reviews just make us happy, uh, and again they do help as far as the interview shows to give us a, that little bit more sort of prominence in the iTunes charts. And if somebody might be sort of on the fence of joining us on an interview show, if they look at that, yeah, we'll do okay. So if you want to spend a couple of minutes doing that, that would be fantastic. So that's it. This is the fourth episode of what we've called our Easter Ear Feast. If you are listening to this <laughs> on the Monday, if you're listening to this on Monday the 17th of April and you've heard the previous three shows by now, I sort of tip my virtual hat to you. <laughs> well done. Um, who the hell's done that? Again, tweet us if you have. If you've heard if you've heard all four shows as they've been released. Bloody hell. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh we've got a message from Steve as well. You do know that that Steve, who's written reviews for us, uh, and he's gonna be the fourth member of these soundcheck shows, 
he's recording soon. It's going to be his first podcast appearance. So once again, be gentle with him. Be gentle, be kind with him. <laughs> he's, he's popping his podcast cherry with us and we, we're very pleased that he is. He's got um, such an eclectic taste in music and I think the four people that we've got doing these shows, we're going to give you some good shit to listen to, even though I do say so myself. Right, until the next show then, thank you very much for listening and I'm going to leave you with, even though it doesn't see perfectly like it does on the album from track one, let's have a listen to Rasputin. But the cars are chalk, he dies really good.
drinking and lusting and his hunger for power became known to more and more people. The demands to do something about this outrageous man became louder and louder. Russians. 